I did not have sexual relations with that woman. You can't handle the truth. Hey. Fuck you, Deputy Stike. Sorry. Fuck you. Hey. You are a liar. You are a self-confessed liar. If you stop waffling, we might get some work on you. Where'd you get these two guys from? <laughs> Would you like a squeezy? Smith, touch, what a touch. Manny Smith! Touch, he scores! Another one for Stadarski! That is America! Here's Hulk! Dini! Balotelli, Aguero! For me, looking at that video, that cat hadn't done anything wrong. I'm going to Puerto Rico to kick your ass. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. We've talked He's very soothing, isn't he? We've talked to the Toyota CEO too many times this podcast. So, like, we've literally talked about another podcast too much. With that being said, Carol, welcome to another edition of the OnlyFans Football Podcast. <laughs> Episode 3, the Carol Matoma and um, Brighton's, how would you describe him? Maverick player. He's such a baller, isn't he? He is. He's great. Brought to you by Stephen Bartlett. Stephen Bartlett. Barry, the CEO. <laughs> Cran, how are you getting on? Good. How are you? Not bad, bro. Not bad. Um, I had a fresh weekend. Did not um, touch a drink of alcohol. So I feel the benefit of it today. I feel more energised, refreshed. I bought myself an Argentina rugby jersey. The PM is for EP. I'm going to pretend I'm from Donabay. But uh, apart from that, Kieran. Donabay, it is. I'm actually uh, Alexis McElroy's cousin. Long last cousin. I used to play prop. Um, I've never touched a rugby ball in my life. <laughs> um, apart from that, the weekend, Kieran, that was, um, saw Spain win the World Cup over England in Australia, um, a result of which I'm very happy with. Um, playing some lovely football as well they were so good they were so good Um, and then obviously Messi won a trophy as well which was very poetic man very poetic weekend in terms of football and obviously the Premier League is back as well how was your weekend Curran? spent boozing I suppose well it was well yeah well it was what it started uh, so one of us has to do it it started brightly but then I ended up going uh, to the Bald Eagle to watch uh, Man United of all things I couldn't even watch Ireland and the rugby I had to watch Man United with the lads and then, this is a rugby podcast, isn't it? And then, <laughs> what, what, what have we torn into? Oh, sorry, sorry. As all, uh, as all nights end, you know yourself. No, I'm not gonna mention don't say. Either. You have to say. You have Miguel to. Oh, no. And do you know what? What was it like? Uh, it was all right. It was grand. It's the Miguel ones. Like, but yeah. I woke up in the morning and I was in the dire state and I was watching everything. One hour? One hour. Jesus Christ, you're getting old. Yeah. Other than that, how are you doing? Good, good. I'm, mm. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be under the lights here in Studio 2. Paradise, as we call it. Again, with this conspiracy, uh, the weather is fantastic as well. Yeah, it's, uh, ke- leading it's kept on up to the conspiracy that the return of our podcast has, has led, to, led to the weather being nice. Yeah. Well, okay. What do you think? Uh, I, I couldn't think you're more wrong. <laughs> well, there, you go. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose, Carol, we'll jump straight in to our Hall of Fame. 
I've won the Hall of Fame. It does need a jingle, doesn't it? It does Thank need you. a jingle. The yeah. suggestions, please be nice. <laughs> um, I've been watching a lot of Malcolm in the Middle recently, so if you want to use that jingle, <laughs> can you repeat that? And anyways, I've won the Hall of Fame here on the past two weeks. Um, it's all about winning with, for with, you. Oh, it's all about winning. It is, especially when it's against you. The RC Lance fan uh, crowd surfing, and then last week it was Roy Hodgson having a scrap at Max Lowe. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go for a treat peak here. I'm going to go for a three in a row this week. Right, yeah. So I've hedged my bets and I, I've called them the big ones. I'm going for my Hall of Fame this week. I'm going for Lionel Messi winning his first trophy with Inter Miami and subsequently his celebrations with DeAndre Edlin. DeAndre Edlin, of course, the captain before Messi came in. And I feel like he's been kind of shafted in a, in a roundabout way. You know, having to give up the armband, etc. He suppose. was the star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how grim is that? DeAndre Yedlin, the star. And obviously, Messi comes in and takes the armband. I say takes, he's probably giving it to him. Yeah, it was a nice moment when uh, they won the cup, and, was, and he, he kind of ushered Yedlin to take the trophy. And reluctantly, Yedlin took it, and they celebrated together. So I'm going for um, Lionel Messi, and subsequently, DeAndre Yedlin. Winning the league's cup for Inter Miami, Kieran, your your Hall of Fame pick. Sounds very sappy, Adam. I've mm. gone for something a bit more conspicuous. <laughs> I've gone for Lucas Paqueta's betting antics at the weekend. <laughs> uh, we, we were literally talking about <laughs> Ivan Tony and Stephen Barrett there, and you're bringing gambling into it again. It's all intertwined. Baby. Oh god, it's terrible. So uh, Lucas Paqueta, extremely sus getting yellow cards this season. Um, Last season as well, wasn't it? Yeah, he's been he. He's been pulled up for and supposedly proven not guilty as of today. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think I think what it was. There's not sufficient evidence to suggest that he um, he was involved in some sort of gambling corruption. I believe that's the way they they phrase it. <laughs> well, the evidence was on on Sunday when <laughs> Paquetta was ushered into uh, the wide right uh, scenario uh, on on the line. And he proceeded to stop playing football mm. as <laughs> as he complained to the referee. Raheem Sterling nicks the ball on the line, runs down the touchline, Paquetta starts complaining and gets yellow cards. Mm. Uh, it was very suspect, Adam, mm. behaviour. One of a, a gambling addict, I think. Have you seen the the clip of like the reason why he's, he's getting in trouble with suspected like gambling issues? <laughs> no. So the challenge essentially, I think it's against Crystal Palace in the West Ham London Stadium. And he essentially drop kicks Cheku Rukora onto the ground and just gives away a foul. And it was in like the sixty it was in the middle of the park in the sixty seventh minute and that was when it was like he was meant to get booked. And he absolutely like drop kicked to Corey to the ground for no reason at all. He didn't even have the ball. He didn't, he didn't even have the ball. <laughs> no, he did. But he was just, he was like, he was in the middle of the park, no one around him. Um, the weirdest thing ever on Twitter as well, an Arsenal fan on the day that came tweeted, um, I don't know if anyone's noticed, has, I don't know if anyone's picked up on this, but the odds for Lucas Paquette to get booked today are extremely short. They were like four to six. Like he was odds on favour to get booked. So, so that would suggest that a lot of money, put, a lot of people have put money on him to get booked. Therefore, suggesting that he's involved in this gambling kind of accusation. And it's not looking good for him, but he, as far as I know now, he's been cleared until um, the prosecution can put forward enough evidence to, um, I suppose, to prosecute. So I suppose to wrangle it all back in uh, to the Hall of Fame, my Hall of Fame uh, nominee is Messi and DeAndre Yedlin winning the call for Inter Miami. Versus Lucas Pequeta betting scandal. <laughs> 
What did you think of the, the Ivan Tony interview? I know we kind of like not everyone's gonna hear our full conversation before the podcast. Um but what did you think of the interview with Tony? His mentality is incredible. Mm. Like this the mentality he has, I really admire mm. Um he was talking about if he misses a big chance, he always knows another one's gonna come. Mm. And he's always thinking, next chance I'm going to score. And I think that, that mentality is incredible. Mm. But in terms of the gambling stuff, I think he's been caught lacking a bit. Yeah. Uh, by saying that it did, he thought there was a conspiracy against him. I think that when you talk that loosely, there's always going to be people mm. jumping down your neck. Mm. But do you know what, man? I'm going to defend him here and say, I think there was a conspiracy against him. Well. By the FA. For that to come out... The week of the England squad selection, and mm. I remember us saying at the time it was extremely suspect. suspect. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a ridiculous thing that he said. I think it's fair enough to say something like that, and he didn't. He didn't really admit that he was wrong or right in betting. Mm. Um, he did speak quite loosely about it, but I, I never like to uh, pull footballers up for their elocution or their <laughs> their ways of talking because they're footballers. They're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. They're not. Uh, they're not journalists or pundits mm. or. He's not. He's not media trained like them. I I think if he has that opinion, he should be allowed to express it and not have people jump down his neck. I think if anything, they made an example of like I mean. If if there is kind of betting circles going on within football, he's definitely not the only one involved. You would imagine there's plenty of people involved. I I, I remember part of it he was talking about how he, was, he wasn't gambling on his team to lose, rather he was gambling on his team to gamble on himself to score force and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I think that sounds. I don't know. That sounds quite dodgy. Like yeah, it does. Do you know? Um, yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying. He he spoke quite loosely about it. Mm. He betted on himself. Um, and in that sense, it is wrong that he do something like that. Mm. But again, he's speaking ill of Brentford as well. I know he said, "Oh, I love Brentford and all this," but he's speaking, "Oh, I want to go and win trophies." So yeah. this is it. I, I don't really. Well, like do you remember, that. remember he was caught in the boat slagging at Brentford, and then remember the the crypto man who met him in London was like, <laughs> "Was like, what do you do for a job?" And he's like, oh, "I'll play football in the Premier League." He's like, "For you, he's like, I oh, wouldn't know him." So he has disrespect for Brentford in the past. To be fair, yeah. Um, well, he spoke very highly of them in this interview. Yeah, naturally enough, naturally enough. So, um, it's a bit of a weird one. Yeah, I, I like Tony. We've gone on a massive tangent here. Moving on, Cran, the Premier League, the weekend that was, um, a bit of a strange weekend. I would harvest in the Premier League. I suppose we start off with the Friday night game, which was between two relegation candidates. I got called an absolute madman by a person I work with the other day for having Sheffield United stay up, um, which I, I, you know. He could very well be correct. Maybe I am mad. Um, but it was Sheffield United on the wrong end of a beating from Nottingham Forest on Friday evening. And in a game that wasn't televised in, in, in the UK, UK and Ireland. And that, that's something that irritates the fuck out of me. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that until I seen that in your notes today. I wasn't yeah. aware of that not being televised. Yeah, so, so there was no 12 o'clock kickoff and there was no 3 o'clockers. None of them were on television in the UK. I think that's pretty damning. I think that sets a really bad standard. Do, do you know what, Adam? I'm going to sound very uh, morbid here, but I couldn't care less if that was shown on telly on a Friday night. That's not the point, Sheffield though. versus Nottingham Forest. I don't give a shite. Like. But I get what you're saying. It's, that's like, it's not a good standard. Like, I get what you're saying. The game, the game was switched to Friday night because of cricket in, in Nottingham on the Saturday. <laughs> that's why it was switched. 
Yeah, to be fair, I don't really care either. <laughs> I don't really care that much either. It was, it was annoying. Like, he switched it on. And the courage the week before was with, like, Carragher, Neville, uh, Izzy, and I think Kelly Katz, and, of, of Man City and Bournie. And it was, like, it was nice on Friday evening to sit there and kind of go, ah, oh, this is grand. And I was kind of looking forward. That's how sad my life is. I was looking forward to Sheffield United and Nottingham Forest all day on Friday. And uh, it comes around, it's not even on telly. That game finished 2-1, 2 Nottingham Forest. Gustavo Hamer on the score sheet for Sheffield United after his move from Coventry to Sheffield United. Um, Tayo Awani and Chris Wood with the goals on the night for Forest. Um, Steve is cooking up a storm. Steve Cooper. It's a great result for Forest. I mean, they they lost last week to, to Arsenal, so it's a good bounce back. I think these are the games they need to win to avoid relegation. Mm. So this was a relegation six pointer at this early stage of the season. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's a good good result. Um but as I said, I couldn't really care less about the game. <laughs> <laughs> um there was a lot of red cards here on the weekend. Yeah, there was Adam. Uh there was an incredible amount of red cards. And to be honest with you, the the Tomiyasu second yellow yesterday was a was an absolute disgrace. Shocker. And this sort of stuff about about uh, stopping time wasting. Instead of focusing on that, they should stop making stupid decisions mm. on the pitch. And the VAR thing needs to be sorted as well. One thing I find is there's no jeopardy for the decisions that they make. Like yeah, you said this last week. The the the, the <clears throat> official, the, the VAR official for the Liverpool game on Saturday, in which McAllister got red carded. He's the VAR official for Liverpool's game against Newcastle on Sunday. Like how 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 was how was he able how were they able to get away with that? Like Pickford against Villa on Sunday comes out and nearly knocks Watkins out with a punch and takes him out of the game in general. Referee blows, gives a penalty, Villa score, whatever. The same thing happened on Monday with Onana. And nothing was given. Like nothing was given. And you could nearly say Pickford should have been sent off for that as well, because that, that was like an aggravated assault. There was no need for that at all, like. Yeah. Well, the thing with the Premier League reference is that if they get one decision wrong, guaranteed the next week, they're going to give the same decision uh, as a penalty. So mm. if that Onana decision is ruled incorrect and they've made a mistake, they don't want to be made looking to make the same mistake again. So they're going to give the penalty mm. for Pickford, as you said. Well, it definitely was a penalty. It was a penalty, yeah. As was Onana's. Absolutely. But, point being, they don't want to be seen making the same mistake twice. So they... Therefore, yeah. give the penalty the next week to make up for the fact that they made a mistake. Mm. You know, I, I still don't think it's good enough though. It's not good enough when they're when they're getting away with what they get away with. I just think it's scandalous. Like, but I feel as though, like in every three o'clocker on Saturday, there was a red card. That's abnormal. That's yeah. very abnormal. Like. It's normal in the three R. Yeah, but that's that's a league <laughs> full of corruption. <laughs> referees full of passionate individuals like, <laughs> is the problem and I, I wouldn't be using the sorry uh, refereeing yeah it's the Premier League refereeing in fairness like some of the some of the shit that goes on there is, it's like cowboy country there for, like, for large parts like do you know what I mean absolute cowboys a lot you of birthday or hair referee in every Italian game like do you know what I mean <laughs> you can't, well, head's photoshopped on you can't be you can't be you can't be like comparing Premier League referees, the sorry, yeah, referees. It's like there's a few brown envelopes going around in the likes of <laughs> the Serie A, you know. Um, 
Oh, the Tommy yeah. has the Tommy. There's brown envelopes <laughs> around here as well, by the way. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't you get it twisted. These wrestlers as corrupt as anyone else. <laughs> Fucking hell. Tommy Asu one's unbelievable because he gets a, he gets the second yellow for the for That's the Benz for the Benz scandal. <laughs> you know, it's all connected. Or for the delay of the throwing when in fact it was Havertz who took way longer to give him the ball beforehand. It's just ah, oh, I, I just think common sense does not come into it at all. Looking at the games this weekend, Kieran. I suppose we start off with Liverpool 3, Bournemouth 1. Sabozloy season is well and truly <laughs> oh, underway. For sake, I knew this would happen. Um, man, he was great the weekend. He was very good on Saturday. He, he was great. I think he had a good game. I do think you have to be cautious um, about hyping up a new sign based on this game. Mm. But he was very good in this game. Don't mm. get it twisted. He was a good player. I thought, I thought he was great. And you have to kind of... Take in, into account as well that he's, he's slightly playing that position without the, lack of a better term, the sixth midfield. McAllister was in there, so he was playing a deeper role at times. Um, it was funny enough, when McAllister got sent off, we thought Liverpool played better than what they did with 11 men, which is very strange. Iriola for Bournemouth had, had them set up perfectly. That pressing, like the first 20 minutes, was very good. They, they kind of put Liverpool, held Liverpool into their own half at times, and then... It was only when the likes of Sabozloy and Gakpo on the other side of the pitch kind of got into the game a bit more and Liverpool created more chances. Semenyo's goal comes from a mistake in midfield from Trent Alexander-Arnold and we'll talk about Spurs as well because Spurs nearly caused themselves problems as well with the inverted fullbacks, which is annoying the fuck out of me, man. It's so irritating. It's very frustrating because Trent's great on the ball. He's, he has a wand of right foot, but... Gary Neville put it well the weekend. You know, a lot of fullbacks. The reason why they're playing fullback is because they couldn't play midfield. They couldn't get the. They couldn't take the ball with their, into their feet with their back towards goal and move it that way. And Trent got caught out. Pedro Porro on Saturday for Spurs was borderline arrogant at times with his position in midfield. Um, but Trent gets caught out here. Van Dijk, in fairness, I think Van Dijk was the one that played it out to him. It was a stupid pass because three Bournemouth players were on him like a flash. Semenyo lashes it in. And Bournemouth for the first half an hour are really good. Um, Diaz gets the goal for Liverpool to make a 1-1. And then Salah gets a, a rebound from a penalty, which was contentious enough as well. I think it's fair to say a lot of people didn't think it was a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, Spazlai taken down. And look, he definitely gets clipped. I think it's the nature of his dive afterwards. That you're kind of going, like, how is the referee giving this? Down this is it, yeah. yeah. And then obviously... Um, McAllister gets sent off you you told us red card yeah I just thought that t- the challenge was a bit reckless and high and I think if you're looking at it in slow motion uh, it looks a lot better than it was um, I thought it looked worse in slow motion I think that's what tends to happen yeah well I, I just think he, he went in at a certain speed mm. and he left his foot very high mm. and it stood showing and I think look, it wasn't the most blatant of red cards but I think it was a red card I think yeah. it can be seen as reckless. Well, it's been overturned by the FA. Already? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a soft red card anyway. Mm, I, I didn't I thought I was at that point Liverpool were two and up and they were kind of piling the pressure on, looking to get a toward and when he got sent off, it was the loudest I've shouted at the telly in years. It was like I was literally so I was baffled as to how it was a red card. Um I think the reaction of the players around them, even the Bond players were kinda of like, Well, what the fuck? Um, I think there's like a clip of Billing kind of like smirking and going, Jesus Christ, how did we kind of get that? Jota makes a 3-1 in the end. 
So Bosloy shot fumbled by the keeper and Jota puts it in. Um I know it probably hurts to say this, but I thought Liverpool even down to ten men and before that I thought Liverpool were very good weekend. They were good. Um it won't hurt me as well. I won't lose sleep. But uh, I thought Liverpool were good in the game. But as I said, uh, there's bigger tests to come and I think Bournemouth aren't who you're looking to as a, as as contenders for the title, you know. So mm. I think I think for Liverpool it's all about that top ten and getting wins against them. And Bournemouth, to me, very very new side under that manager, very poor side we'd say. But yeah, Liverpool did very well. Do you know how Bournemouth finished like eleventh in your Premier League predictions? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, still, obviously, still obviously, obviously they're not a very poor side. Still, it's still bottom half. Um. Yeah, I thought I thought in particular. I know you're saying to not get too high about. It. I thought Sabozlo is very good. I really, I think he's a very promising player in the sense that um, he has great physical attributes. Like he's a good runner. He's good size, physical shape. Like he has a good pass. He's very confident. Like since Gerrard's gone, we haven't had that midfielder. Like Keita came in and well, you're still he couldn't. He couldn't that, that's not the point. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not comparing him to Gerrard just yet. Mm. But I'm saying that kind of powerful midfielder who makes things happen. Like Naby Keita was was a very good player in in his own right. But he came in and the, the number eight kind of brought him down. I felt like it put a certain pressure on him. Or I think Sabozo is taking the number eight and he's kind of gone. Yeah, I'll I'll take this pressure and I'll see how we get on and. I I really rate. Him. I think seventy million. We're gonna we'll look back look back at that in a point and go, that was a steal because I think I thought he was very good and I thought he was very good against Chelsea as well. I said that last week and um we'll take a quick look at Wolves and Brighton. Um as as we said the episode is named the Kieran Matoma, and it was Matoma with the goal early on. Kieran, um, fucking hell, what a goal! Yeah, it was. Um, I thought he just waltzed through the Wolves' defence very easily. Though mm. I didn't I don't think they they did enough to stop him and bring him down. Mm. If if that's me as a Wolves defender, first time I'm crunching Matoma. <laughs> I don't care if we get sent off. He just runs. Through I don't it. think you'd get near Matoma. <laughs> <laughs> I I I agree, Adam. Yeah. But I think they should have done an awful lot yeah, more yeah, yeah. to just crunch him at the very yeah. start. Um, he gets through very. He showed him a lot of respect. I thought. Yeah. I, I was going. What, what, I was like, how this, is he? The best dribbler in the league. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, he, he actually has a degree. Like he done his thesis. You were looking at this as well. Man, he, podcast uh, yeah. And, he actually yeah. like Teddy Wiley has a degree in dribbling. Like what the fuck? Had no clue they had a podcast. Well, yeah, and a very good podcast yeah. by the way. It was well, very enjoyable. We're off the market soon. <laughs> <laughs> These big ones are buying us out. I really love Roberto De Zerbi. Hmm. No context to all of that, but I love him. I think he has the mentality of an elite manager. Right? Yeah, 100%. And he's working for Brighton, who, man, three years ago, you'd say, were a bottom half relegation team. Mm. So I just think it's incredible. I there. think it's unbelievable. Um, and we'll see how far they go. Um, I have written down here, can they go all the way? <laughs> no. no. I, man, I'm, I would not. Win the league. <laughs> Strange things have happened. Leicester story. Less, but it, w- it would be... Like, Leicester were terrible to go down. Do you know what I mean? The Leicester story is completely different. This one here, like, Brighton have slowly built up. I don't think they will in the league. I don't want to be seen as being mad. But imagine, imagine they did. Well, I was surprised that they loaned out Sarmiento to West Brom. And then Bueno Nate seemingly is going to Leeds. I was really surprised. Two young players that they have who were really good last season as well. Um, I was surprised he didn't let them go, especially with the European excursion coming up. They must be planning to bring in Kudus. 
They, yeah, that's, they have that's, a that's lot of money now. Mm. Yeah. You know, a lot thanks of money. To, thanks to Todd Bowley. Yeah. yeah. A lot of money. But, um, <laughs> we move forward. Spurs 2. Manchester United 0. Pape Sar and then a butcher on goal was enough for Spurs what to get the, the butcher. <laughs> the butcher. That's what they call him. That's what is they that call what they him. Call yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking he definitely hell. butchered that goal, that is. <laughs> it's a bad nickname. It's a, well, it comes so back, doesn't it? Could age badly as well. Mm. Uh, but you predicted that. I did. Um, I just thought Spurs... I, I, I think United are shambles at the minute, man. Yeah. I, I really... Like, I said it last week, and I don't know kind of what way you took it, but if you look at Ten Hag's side, you would not know that He's been in there a year. You would not know that he's kind of implemented his own style. There's nothing. And they have deadweight like Maguire, Ramba Sachs, another one who don't want to leave the club because they're on healthy wages. And he's almost forced to pick these players because he can't buy players until they go. Irrespective of the money he's already spent on the likes of Onan and Mount. I, I don't think they look fit. I don't think they look like they want to play. And this is bad. This is bad news for a team in a second season and a brand new manager. A brand new... Young, promising manager who, for me, has the potential to be one of the best managers in the world. But I just think the system's failing him. I think he's failing them in a sense as well. Spurs played them out the park, man. And the same way Wolves did, only Wolves didn't score. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you're saying he didn't have... He's not getting the chance to bring in his own signings. But arguably two of his signings have cost United yeah. on Saturday. Anthony, mm. who was absolutely diabolical Oh my God, man. He could not string a pass together. Mm. Um, he was giving the ball away every time he got it. Mm. He had one occasion where he got a shot on goal. He hit the post, but that was that was maybe his only good thing he did. In the That's game. the only good thing he's done. About and he had months. about twenty touches. Yeah. And then you have Lissandro Martinez. Lissandro Martinez, who had a great start, um, supposedly. Um, I don't know what he done exactly, but he had a great. I start. I don't know what he done either because he got beaten dunked on by Brentford four <laughs> 0 Well, this is it. I, I think. Uh, his two signs cost him in this game. Mm. Uh, Lissandro with the own goal. And Anthony was dreadful. And you'd have to question, did Ten Hag want these players in the first place? No. Or did or did the owners and the sporting director say, these players used to play for Ajax and Ten Hag is great. Let's sign these players. Man, I was reading something earlier about United's side, right? And the players that Ten Hag's brought in and kind of the club brought in. Mount, he played for Vitesse in the Eredivisier. Like, all the players they brought in have all played in the Eredivisie. Like, it's as if he hasn't looked outside the Eredivisie. Onana played for Ajax. Like, it's it's chronic, man. It's, it's Some of these players, I don't think, are good enough for United. I, I don't think Anthony's good enough for Manchester United. I, I think Mason Mount is a player who hasn't found his form in a long time. Hasn't worked out. Christian Eriksen, another player from the Eredivisie, he came in with a lot of pressure on his, on his back, Coming in to try and sorry Man United in the field, he's been replaced by Mount Casemiro. Like if you look at his stats from the past the weekends, he's been triple passed so much. Like these players look like they just aren't fit. I think it is a case with Casemiro as well that they've neglected him in that midfield position. Yeah. They've sold Fred, who they looked better with, mm. by the way. And United fans jumped on Fred's back. Well, Fred's only doing his job. <laughs> you know what I mean. Fred's just there to do a job. They're and all he, doing their he, job. He did a good job, I think, last season of, of paper and cracks. Because that, that midfield is a problem. Mm. They have Casemiro there and he's stranded. Mm. Uh, he was on his own, five midfielders around him there mm. on Saturday. 
Spurs were absolutely dominating him. And, it's, and, and you're it's, saying he's dribbled past. This is why. And it's the inverted fullback coming in. It's the likes of Pedro Porro and Udogi pushing into that midfield. And then you essentially have Udogi, um, Porro, Pape Sar, Basuma, all around Casemiro and not letting him get a touch of the ball and dribbling past him. Mount was non-existent. Bruno Fernandes, again, Fernandes. non-existent. Like, Rashford up front. He doesn't want to play up front. You know what I mean? Garnacho on the left. I said last week, Garnacho was very ineffective from the start. I suppose we, we have to give Ange Postcoglu a shout as well because, you know, there's no smoke without fire. Spurs were right in the day. Transformed him. Um, he has. He has. And Gary Neville was very arrogant at times. I found, I found on... I, I know you were in the Bald Eagles, so you probably didn't hear much of the country. But especially with Porro, and I know I said he was borderline arrogant earlier. Like there's points in the game where Porro was getting getting his ball, was back to goal from about forty yards out, and he was just torning, and there was no pressure on him, and Neville was gone. That's such arrogant play from Pedro Porro. Who does he think he is coming into midfield? I couldn't do that when I played for Man United. Shit like that. It was like, mate, there's no one pressing him. Like he has every right to be doing what he's doing. Um, but that's that's Ange ball. That's kind of the way he has them them set up. Kulisevsky, Son, Richarlison, Madison. Madison was great on the day again. Um, I, I just think overall, like I, I don't think Spurs were that good, to be honest with you. They, they did enough to beat United. I just thought United were very poor. And I'd be very worried if I was a United fan. Um, Manchester City won Newcastle nil. Julian Alvarez with the goal on the day to give Manchester City the win. Um, another Erling Haaland blank um, versus Newcastle again. Um, Sven Botten, I suppose, with a mini victory there. Um, Manchester City, Kieran. It was a good game, to be fair. It was a very good game. I thought it was a shite game. Yeah, I, 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 don't I, know I thought it was, was good. My, my level of investment in it, but yeah. I thought it was very boring. Mm. Um, but I thought the goal from Alvarez was very good. Yeah. I think you find that with a lot of Man City games. It's very, it's very um, The games can be very sequential, where they just happen. Yeah. Without, without anything happening. Do you it, know what I mean? It's just like, oh... I know what's going to happen here. Man City are, are going to win. score or your one or two goals and win the game. Yeah. Like, you go into every game looking mm. at that. And I think that makes for a very, very boring league if they're mm. just going to walk it again. I was I was disappointed in Newcastle in a way because, like, this is Newcastle side who are, you know, going in Champions League, who are one of the best sides in the league last season. And they're still a very good side, don't get me wrong, but... For Newcastle to get to that next level, they have to be quite competing a bit more in games like this. Mm. And I don't think they cause Man City enough problems. I think they're going to struggle, especially when they get into Champions League. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure on the sign of Lewis Hall. Is he going to bring them to the next level? He's a good player. I just don't know if they have the depth to compete in Europe and in the league this season. Mm. So I'd be worried. Yeah, I still think they'll be up there. I still think top six. Mm. I can still see that. Elliot Anderson came on at one point for Newcastle and was very good for them. Phil Foden, I think, got man of the match on the day, didn't he? So um, He's playing centrally. It looks like they're going to pick up Doku as well. Um, he was a player that you loved when we started the podcast. Remember our, our top five players in the Euros? Great I think, player. I think he was in your top five. Yeah. Um, geez, that's a shout-out shout out all the way back to our first episode ever. Do look back on it. It looks like he's coming in, so it looks like Pep's just adding on to the side, as you'd expect. Um, Palmer, Cole Palmer, McTee, like, they have so many good players, man. Oh, uh, yeah. And They're robots, man. He doesn't, he doesn't spend money, apparently. That's mm. what he said in his press conference. Mm. We move on to the Sunday game, Kieran. Villa 4, Everton nil. McGinn, Louise, 
Bailey and Duran Duran with the goal for Aston Villa. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Everything are so bad. Yeah. So bad. Yeah, Adam. Um, I was in a dire hungover state watching this game. And what did you do to cure the hangover, Kieran? Not watching everything anyway. Everything made for awful. Did you game. get a roll or anything? No, no. I had a fry, but I think everything is in massive trouble, man. Yeah. The way they're playing is... Yeah. You is look very concerned, Kieran, saying that. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was borderline ridiculous the way that <laughs> like the third goal the, the goal for Duran, the fourth goal, sorry. Oh, with the throwing is this just That's the youngster saying for He's still playing for Aston Villa. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was I, unbelievable. I think they are going down and I could see him going down in twentieth wow. the way they're playing at the moment. Unreal. It's it reeks of Burnley. Even the state dot com on their jersey at the moment. Yeah. It's just Burnley have been reincarnated mm. except they're going down. I kind of want everything to go down last day of the season, though. That that'd be the thrill for me. Like I looked at him and like Pickford, England's number one. Tarkovsky, established Premier League centre half. Like the midfield is very workmanlike with Ducore, Iwobi, Onana, uh, Idrissa Gay. Like they have a very workmanlike midfield, and you're kind of going, how are they not keeping teams out a bit better? And going forward where the problem is, because Calvert-Lewin is, is always injured, so you can't be relying on them. They have decent players. Like It's not like they have... I think the games move past managers like Sean Dyche. Yeah. No, you, know, you know what I mean? Because every year managers are coming in with fresh tactics, fresh ideas. To Derby. Yeah, it's just mm. so hard to win games if you're relying on managers like Dyche, whose tactics stay very rigid and... You know, Brexit means Brexit. Like the, mm. he's, he's not. I think the midfield. In any way. I think the midfield itself, with like four defensive midfielders, is enough to kind of tell where this side is at. Like we move on, Kieran, to the second game on Sunday. I, you have more notes written about this game than anything else, so I'll let you take it away. West Ham three, Chelsea one. Chukwemeka with the goal for Chelsea. Aguard early on, Antonio and a Lucas Paqueta penalty. And the 95th minute was enough for West Ham to win here. Kieran, take it away. I don't know well, how to take away, Adam. I, I, I just think this was a really, really unfortunate accident that we lost 3-1. I can't believe we lost 3-1. Right. But I think we just got West Hammered. Why can't you believe we lost 3-1? I think we played very well, well especially well. in the first half. I think we deserved two or three goals uh, the way we were playing football. Mm. It, lo- it just looked a lot more energetic, a lot more free from a lot, a lot better football than last year, um, and I just couldn't get the ball in the net. It, mm. it reeked the wolves. Rename was wolves. You just couldn't score. Lack mm. of confidence from the goal. Mm. Um, and West Ham go ahead. I knew this fellow would do his normal thing as well. James Ward Prowse, uh, Connor Gallagher, fouled before the corner goes out. Nothing given. The rest terrible again. Um, Nothing given, and it goes out for a corner. James Ward-Prowse swings it in. They score, because James Ward-Prowse is an absolute freak of nature, and he just does that against Chelsea every single time. <laughs> then the goal comes. Chelsea dominate the game. Chuk Mega scores. Great goal, by the way. Uh, it was a good goal. Great well taken. It's coming. He gets injured. The typical Chelsea thing. A player does something good and gets injured. The second half was a lot poorer. I think they put a few more men on, on Jackson to neutralise him. And uh, he didn't get into the game as much, and Moyes managed the game brilliantly. It worries me. Is it going to be the same season? <laughs> same uh, scenario as last season? 
it's much of the same in terms of bringing in so many players and expecting them to sort of have mm. chemistry and to gel. I think Poch is playing nice football, but I just I'm not convinced on where everything is going to click. It's very damning, isn't it? Yeah. I think they spend so much money on Enzo and Caicedo midfield. I don't want to pick either of them because they're two great players, but I think for Enzo to come into the side in January the way he has and to only have picked up three Premier League wins in the past while victories for Chelsea, particularly in the Premier League, have been hard to come by. And I thought this game on, on, on Sunday, I, I don't know what it was. I just I remember seeing the starting lineups and I remember looking at the first 10 minutes Obviously, West Ham going front early on, but from then on in, I was saying to myself, Chelsea aren't winning this. I, I just from that moment, and it's very easy to say hindsight, ah, oh, Chelsea aren't winning this. But from that first like five ten minutes, West Ham going one up. I'm sitting there going, Moyes is just gonna do enough here to get them over the line. Whatever it is, West Ham come out in the second half, and Antonio just bullies. Um, was it Barry Ashile or the Sassy? He bullies the Sassy. And scores, and I'm going. That shouldn't be happening. That for, for Chelsea to kind of get to that next level on the pitch. Chelsea aren't going to progress here if they if these things happen. Do you know? West Ham get a guard sent off, and at that point you're going right. Now's the time. Mudrick, Majwake, get them on. Give them a chance. They're against ten men here. They come on, and Mudrick in particular. Mudrick's performance was shocking. Mudrick's performance was. Like a player devoid of confidence, a player with what looks like the pressure of the world on him with that price tag, and it's sad in a way because I do think there's a talented player in there, but I just don't think he's ever going to reach that potential with that price tag, and with the pressure that brings. And I, I, I genuinely, I think Maurizio Pochettino has a very tough job in his hands, and I think the first game um, against Liverpool, we said it ourselves like a preseason fail, kind of anything goes fail. And we both kind of felt that both teams did well in the day. You were very happy with how Chelsea performed. But going to that West Ham game and lose by the loss, I was, I was gobsmacked by it. I couldn't believe parts of the game, really. Different season, same old mistakes, because they've got rid of so many players, but they've brought in so many players as well, to the point where there's too many players again. How do you rectify that? There is too many players. The likes of Mudrick, if there's no, no one playing ahead of Mudrick, he's starting. But there's someone playing ahead of him. It there, there's no chance for any player who, to have a run of the team. Who's playing ahead of him and to gain any sort of confidence? Who's playing ahead of him on Sunday? Chukwemeka. Chukwemeka, yeah. Who's a very good player as well. But do you think Chukwemeka is a player who should be starting ahead of Mudrick? No, but he's a good player. There's too many good players on the bench, and in reserve. There's about thirty players in the squad. And we signed too much quality. But that, that's useless, Kieran, if they're coming on and they're being ineffective. I, I, would, I would counter your argument there and say there's a depth in lack of quality because I don't think these players are it. I don't think... I think Sterling, I know for... But they're the being end, held I know, back from them by themselves because there's too many players there. If, if They're being held well, back you, from being good. But if you, if you look at Liverpool's attacking options, for example, they will all get a fair share of games this season and their, their output will be... Apart from Salah, his output will be... Top, you'd imagine Diaz be second top, Jota toward Gakpo, and then Nunes. That that'd be the kind of ranking of output you'd have. I think if you look at Chelsea's output going forward, I think Sterling's probably for me the nailed on star. Jackson, who was he's been put into a position here with a lot of pressure on his on his shoulders. I think for all the money Chelsea spent, on my mind is boggling at the fact 
that a number nine, a clinical kind of proven strike has been bought. And I know we talked about Merlin Show. I think that strike was Ivan Tony, and obviously he can't play at the minute. But my mind boggles as to why someone like him hasn't been bought. I agree with you. But this is a, this is the point I'm trying to make. Uh, the likes of Mudrick and the likes of Madawake, if they were in a Liverpool team or on the bench on a Liverpool team, they'd have the likes of Salah to rely on to score goals or the likes of Jota to rely on to score goals. They'll have that lack of pressure or the pressure taken off their shoulders for that reason because mm. they have them ahead of them. Chelsea have no one that they can rely on to score goals and therefore the likes of Mudrick is highlighted as, as being shy because he's obviously struggling for confidence. You're talking about Sterling there. Sterling hasn't scored a goal in God knows how long. You know mm. what I mean? It's... It's great. No, 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 no one has. No one has. Chelsea don't score goals. Um, it's grim. Coisano comes on for Chelsea in the second half. Um, I think it's fair to say he had a bit of a nightmare. But this is it. Like they're throwing him in the last twenty minutes of the game, and he hasn't trained in six weeks, and they're throwing him straight into the deep end. And the same thing happened with Melo Gusto as well. Last week he was thrown into a game against Liverpool. But Gusto had a full pre-season behind him. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Dispute that, but I I think there's a lot to be said about throwing a, a defensive player or a centre midfield straight into a game, mm. you know, without starting. I think it was a bad idea from Poch to put Caicedo in in this game. There was no point in putting him in. I think at ten men, control of the game. I think at ten men, I don't think it's the worst decision to make. I I think when he came on, you could see the pressure of a thousand families on his back. You were kind of looking at him going, "Fucking hell, this fella." Has a big price tag on his back, and, and I don't know if he can handle that pressure. Um, last game of the weekend, we're not going to spend too much time on this. Um, Arsenal won, Palace nil. Uh, Arsenal get Tommy Asu sent off late on. Um, Palace couldn't really create anything. That's kind of all I've said in the game. I, I was looking at it and I consumed it. Um, and I can't say I, I thought Palace were going to cause Arsenal too many problems, and they didn't. You're God of the Week this week. God of the Week, I'm going to give it to Ange plus the Gugli. I'm going to give it to um, a man who has a season named after him, Dominic Sabozloy. Um, he had a great game on Saturday, and uh, I, I predict big things in the future for him. You're a goal of the week, John. Uh, I'm giving it to Luis Diaz. I thought it was a great goal. I was going to give it to Chuck Mecca's goal, but considering we've named the episode after him, I think you have to give it to Matom's goal. I, thought. I think we'll look back at that at the end of the season and go, fucking hell. This fella Ronaldo is a cod. And our cod of the week this week is... <laughs> the Butcher. El Butcher, as he is known in Argentina. Alessandro Martinez. He's a very small man. Um, and he was he was at fault for Manchester United's second goal that he conceded on Saturday. Um, a Butcher usually slices meat, Caron. But Alessandro Martinez sliced the ball in half and it went into the back of the Manchester United net. So. Yeah, where was where was Martinez for the Pape Sargal as well, by the way? Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. An ant on the pitch. An ant on the pitch. Um, well, yes, our second <laughs> cut of the week of the season. This is awesome. Sandra Martinez. <laughs> I feel very bad now. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Hello, I'm your correspondent for the evening. Uh, this is Around the World in 60 Seconds. 
Around the world of football in six seconds for those who didn't know. The league that shall not be named. Bellingham on the score sheet for Real Madrid as they beat Almeria. 3-1. Bellingham scores twice. Wow. Barca also win 2-0 against Cadiz. I love Cadiz. Great city. I love going there on my holidays. Uh, league 1. PSG drop points as Roms. We get their first win the season against Clermont Foot. Sorry, I don't have all this memorised. Uh, <laughs> Syria. Mourinho's wrong with draw 2 all with Salonurita. Uh, Juve win 3 0 against Udinese. Chiesa back on the score sheet. Um, no real shocks, I have written here, because there wasn't any real shocks. Uh, Turkish Super League, Galatasaray 2 0 against Trans. Icardi scores twice. Um, Finnebache win 2 0 against Samsung Spore. Dzeko scores. Uh, holiday from Inter. Saudi League, Mane, Dembele, Firmino, Mares all on the score sheet as they start their new life in the desert. Um, MLS, finally. Messi wins his 44th career trophy. Am I right in that side? I'm going to miss it, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, with League's Cup win versus Nashville, Tennessee. Right, Carol, moving on now to... Uh, Get it out, show to Alberto Moreno, as always. Everyone's yeah. favourite segment. And the, yeah, it is, to be fair. I, yeah. I, we're saying that jokingly, but it genuinely is. Can you see my world level? I'm not there? saying it jokingly. We'll start off. I was saying boo words. We're going to start off with Jamie Boland, who says, if you drop your phone into a port of potty at EP, would you pick it out? <laughs> I mean, it's a very specific scenario. But I suppose let's let's generalize a bit. If you, I, I if you drop your phone in the jacks in general, would you pick it up? I think what Jamie's saying is this has happened to him. Yeah, yeah. So I would suggest he has done that. Jamie has some stories. Like it wouldn't surprise me if he did drop it in the jacks EP and picked it up. Um, Jamie also says, "What animal could you realistically take in a fight?" I'd 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 fancy my chance like a realistic fight. Like I think I'd I'd batter like most animals. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. You would not. You would not batter anybody, man. You would not batter any animal. In the animal kingdom, you're not beating any animal. I reckon I could fight a grizzly bear. Not at all. Not, a grizzly I, bear would chew you up and spit no, you out. I think I could able to fox it in a certain sense that <laughs> my dodging abilities would, yeah. would come into play and I'd, I'd be able to sort of navigate yeah. my way around the grizzly bear's movements. <laughs> I had this, oh, fancy my chances. I had this discussion at work the other day with one of the lads and um, he said he could take on a kangaroo. <laughs> That's actually great. That, you're, you're a bit like a kangaroo, Kieran, in a sense. You're like Do similar. I, like, like, I, I don't know. We've never slept in a bed with you. Dave, Dave, yeah. I mean, don't out Dave like that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I would say I could take on a badger. Um, Dave says, if Potch doesn't beat Luton, will he be in the hot seat? Um, who's your pick to be first sacked in the Premier League this season? Well, a bit of a leading question from Dave, but uh, I think that's that's very rude from Dave. <laughs> I think I think I think Potts is in the hot seat already. I think he's been in the hot seat since he started. Yeah, but he's the guy. Uh, for me, he's the guy. Like seventy six percent possession, more xG. I don't think that's going to happen again. Ah, don't be more like, xG. Oh, well, well. If it's in your favour, you mind it as well. No, it's not. Actually, it's irrelevant. I, I, I think it's the most irrelevant stat in the fucking world. It'd be interesting to see. Um, he says, "Who's your first pick to be sacked this season?" Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill from Good Show. Um, I'm going to go with. I hope it's Paul Heckenbottom. Just why? I, I like. I don't want anyone to be have a job. But I don't Name think. Bottom. 
Um, he used to be a PE that. teacher. I don't think he's any right to be a manager in the Premier League. Well, you can say that about <laughs> any manager because everyone started somewhere. Like, I know, you know Paul Heckenbaum was a bit of a melt, I know. Um, Dan Lavin says, what was your go-to football boots when growing up? Come on. Uh, I like the classic, like I didn't play football, I think. Uh, okay. The spoiler alert for anyone watching, I've never played a game of football. So do I have any right to comment on the game, really? <laughs> or am I just a sofa watcher? Um, you definitely are a sofa watcher. Yeah, I am a sofa watcher. You would know Chelsea last weekend, you know that, the way you're carrying on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've... I, I don't care. <laughs> That's what you like, you know what I mean? Oh, God. Um, uh, classic pair of black boots when I played with Gaff. Okay. Yeah. I had the... Do you remember? Torres is wearing them in that picture there. Um, the blue, grey and white um, T90 totals, Nike. That's why I used to wear playing football back in the day. Did you finish like Torres? Um, next question Keane will be said same question as last week will we ever see Chelsea get out of the bottom half Kieran, I'll leave this one to next you. question um, Phil Mangan says who do you think has the best ball knowledge between the two of you <laughs> I'd argue for myself just naturally enough I like to call it as it is whereas Adam you delusion comes in the equation you just brought up XG there and go, Kieran, don't, don't bring up delusion <laughs> at least I call it who it is Adam Supposedly has one good game against Forward. He's played two good oh, games. He's great. Oh. He is good. He's played. He played. He's played well against Chelsea as well. You used to, you should, come here. Look at judging by you last week. Chelsea had won the league, Adam, the I'm Champions there, League I'm after signing Caicedo. Enzo was fantastic. Oh, you carry on. Yeah, go back on previous episodes. You have. Yeah, once maybe when you had a good game against Liverpool. But that doesn't happen very regularly, does it? Phil has directed this question at me. But I don't know why. He says, "Anthony, if you had to marry any bloke, who would it be?" And why are you choosing Gary Valve? <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't particularly want to marry any man, Carol, I'll be honest. Phil has caught you over Phil has caught me over here. Um, well, I do want to marry Gary Valve. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I don't particularly want to marry any man, Carol, I'm not going to lie. I think marriage is a, a thing of the past. Well, gay marriage isn't. And Gary Valve is your guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Phil says, best cookies in Dublin I'm trying to find out um, I get a coffee in the morning before I go to work from a place called Container Coffee and they've started to do these red velvet white chocolate uh, cookies and they are sensational so I'll go, I'll go out there well Phil as you know the white mousse did a lovely cookie but that's shut down now um, so we're going to go like it's it's a rare commodity cookie really isn't mm. it I know uh, Bacon Brew does a nice brookie which is a mixture of a brownie, brownie and, and a, a cookie, cookie. yeah Phil says, any more specials planned? Yes, Phil, we have. We're hoping to do more away days. Like, I know I'm going to Berlin in October with Dave. And we're going to go here. We're going to go to here to Berlin in St. Pauli. Um, I suppose we're going to do an EP special. That'd be your plan. The plan is only fans away days, isn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the plan. That's and the, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Walter asked a question about best 11 in, in the league, one player per team. And we put that out to the public and he's wanted it for this episode. But we also have a World Eleven, so we went with the World Eleven this week, and we'll do the Prem Eleven next week. And um, Jack Ryan says, um, "Has Gary got his own question section this season?" Fucking hell, a lot, a lot of hate for Gary Valve in this. Uh, a lot of jealousy. Phil and Jack Ryan both against him. I think Gary Valve is is the talk of the town. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, see, see, he's living rent free in people's lives. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Isn't Has it? he even asked a question? Um, Jack says, "How far will Jim Condra go this season after being promoted?" 
I, I'd say not very far. Down. Yeah, down, especially down, yeah. Jack, if you're playing for them as well, they're definitely not going to be gone that far. Last question from Jack, he says, what makes Alexis McAllister world-class? He's not all that IMO. I, I think, I, look, I, it's probably a stretch saying he's world-class because... This is following on from This is this following on from the TikTok and yeah. real on Instagram. Do share it. Do Adam Fahey share the show to him, and um, people sharing it. We do appreciate the love. I I, I think probably world class was probably a stretch to describe him. I think recruitment wise, I think it's a world class recruitment. I'm, oh. I'm trying to spin it here. Oh, here we go. I'm trying to spin it here. Adam, you have um, the future in media. <laughs> um, purely for the fact that Liverpool bought him for twenty five million. Like a World Cup winner for thirty five million is great business. And when you consider Chelsea paid hundred and fifteen million friends over or a hundred and what nine million friends of Fernandez, who has three Premier League wins since he's come into the club. McAllister has one win at Liverpool. Well, he hasn't had any good games, so, you're right. It, it's it's he's playing quite poorly. I, I do think I do think McAllister's a very good player. Maybe world class is a stretch, maybe it is. But in the heat of the moment, in the heat of battle, I'm always gonna defend the Rizzler, so um, I think his attributes from a, a purely footballing standpoint he's good on the ball he's good off the ball he has a good pass I think physicality wise he'd probably be a bit I think, yeah. bigger but I, I think I think overall I think he's a very good player world class tackler as well as we've seen on Saturday oh for the red card <laughs> Jesus um, Ben Casey fucking hell man we never shouted out Ben Casey's sister last year so last week so shout out Ben Casey's sister um, he says who which Prem team has the most world class players Man City easily yeah. Ben Casey says is the Guinness and the Bald Eagle underrated uh, in terms of which now we were at the Bald Eagle drink Guinness on Friday and I, it was a nice Guinness I think the best drink out of the Bald Eagle is the Zingy Bear the Ginger Bear Irish Ginger Bear it's very nice um, that's very niche. It is. Um, I wouldn't say the Ball Eagle has a great Guinness. I'll be honest with you. I think I'd probably say it's in terms of being rated, it's probably underrated. But I think the whole thing about nice, not nice Guinness is a lot of bollocks. <laughs> you can catch a pub on a good night, on a, a good pub day, on a yeah, bad night. Sure. Yeah. Stephen Downing says, "Is this Preston's year? A good championships forward. It, it's nice to. It's always nice to see. To be fair, um, yeah, to be honest with you." I, I don't think it's ever Preston's year. Why? In the sense that they never go up. But that, I, I think I think that's harsh, man. I know it's harsh, but it's reality. It's reality. Um, yeah. For what it's worth, Stephen, I, I think it is Preston's year. Um, best <laughs> move for Evan Ferguson. Um, right now, I would say to stay Brighton. I think the Zerbi's going to shaft him out of playing. That's my, my prediction. Well, I think he's playing well there because Southgate's watching every week. And I think... I think for that's an absolute stretch and a half. Uh, uh, I think Danny Welbeck's getting into the England squad at this stage. He might get twenty appearances this year. I think I think he's getting I I, I easily thirty plus. But the the Europa Conference League is going to be big for Brighton this year. Ian says favorite holiday ice pop slash ice cream. Oh, I like the continental magnums. I always like the there's always a different flavor like a pistachio flavor or something that you get away. I'm a big fan of gelato. Gelato. Gelato, sorry. Gelato. Gelato. Man, where Gelato. are you from? Um, Owen Riley says, most handsome footballer around. Why is this question? This question asked every week. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. <laughs> John Joe Shelby. It's week to week now. <laughs> well, what are you answering. giving? You're not giving I'm a proper answer, girl. I'm not answering it. Oh, you're not answering it. You're not answering yeah, the question. No, I'm not answering it. I think um, Darwin Nunes, when his hair is flown, is very handsome. Um, Gary Valve has finally asked questions these are the last four of which we have the final question coming up from Gary um, Gary Valve says top three wrestlers of all time Kieran 
uh, Triple H number three, <laughs> um, Randy Orton number two, and oh, number um, one, Boogeyman number one. I'm gonna to go Carver's own Sheamus number three, um, number two, the GOAT John Cena, and then number one, The Undertaker. He was always a fan favorite. Um, Gary Vav says top three WWE entrances songs of all time. <laughs> um, Edge, Metalingus, um, Triple H, time to play the game. Um, oh, what's the last one? There's actually a few good ones. Not to be fair. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Yeah. What a chill. I'd love to get Kurt Angle on the podcast, man. Oh my god. Uh, Chris Jericho, King of the World, is a great entrance as well. Um, Bad Bunny at Puerto Rico. His entrance was banging there as well. Um, Gary says, give Jack Ryan what he wants. I don't know what that means, Gary. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, it, it, looks, yeah. <laughs> it looks like Gary and Jack have a bit of a romantic relationship going on here. I don't know what's going on. Uh, second last question. Gary says, top three ball footballers of your generation. Oh, <laughs> I love this question. This is what you live for. I love this question. Yeah, yeah. I love this question. Uh, number one, Lee Carsley. Uh, Cam, Cam Yasso. Cam Yasso, man. Number I three. Cam Yasso, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, Benucci number two. Okay. And uh, I'm going to go Connor Salmon number one. Giorgio Cialini, man, has to be there. Lee Carsley, Cialini, and Scott Brown. Did you ever see Scott Brown, man? He's bald when he played with Celtic, but he has the ability to grow hair. Sean Roy Phillips. Sean Roy Phillips, he was a great footballer. Ian Roy. Stephen Ireland. Stephen, no, he was a, he was a melter. <laughs> this is proper FIFA vibes. I don't know if you remember, like, FIFA way, you'd have the World Eleven against Classic Eleven. Gareth Hunt wants to know what would your current world XI be currently? That's a great, great, it is a great question. question, Gareth. Thank you. Great question. Mm. Uh, and shout out to FIFA as well. You have ruined FIFA because they've brought in all these cards and everything. FIFA Street, all the football. Just bring back FIFA, FIFA Street. FIFA Street was a go. Um, well, FIFA is very diluted now. In my yeah, EAFC, I believe it's called now. It's not even FIFA anymore. Ruined. Pro um, Clubs is the go, though, fairness. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. It fun. Um, <laughs> the little laugh you had there. But starting off, goalkeeper. I've gone Thibaut Corfadam. Oh, yeah, okay, I've gone Alison Becker. I think pound for pound is the best goal in the world. Yeah. I, 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 I like doing these things based off like which goal he gets in every team in the world. And I would I would say Alison does. Mm-hmm. And that you could probably turn and say, oh, that's very biased. And it probably is, to be fair. But I think Alison, over the years, Liverpool has saved him umpteen occasions and without them they'd be a much worse off team what uh, formation have you gone Kieran I've gone for a 4-3-3 three, three mm. with a slightly attacking minded attacking midfielder mm. I've gone for a similar kind of 4-2-3-1 um, right back's Kieran Kyle Walker um, yeah Kyle Walker for mm. me as well uh, I just think he takes every box maybe going forward I don't think he's quite as good as like Reese James or Trent Alexander-Arnold but I think overall package um, your centre half pairing crew. Uh, I've gone for Ruben Diaz and Thiago Silva. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diaz, of course, won the Champions League with City last year, and mm. um, being very good over the last two seasons. And Thiago Silva, hands down, defensive names written all over. Mm. And I'd be saying this even if he didn't end up coming to Chelsea. I just respect the man so much. I just think his attitude is top class, and his defensive positioning mm. is incredible as well. Um, he's so old. Like he's incredibly old, but he's just in the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, turns thirty nine next September, um, and I think he could still fit into any any centre back partnership and thrive. Um, I've gone for um, Virgil Van Dijk and 
To be honest with you, man, I struggled big time with this, with picking these defenders. Um, I went for Van Dijk because I think past few games, and I think towards the back end last season, he's finally getting back to his best. And we talked about it on the podcast last week. Check it out, the Moises Caicedo, where we reviewed Chelsea-Liverpool. Van Dijk quietly had a man of the match performance without kind of doing anything spectacular. And that was kind of what Virgil van Dijk was so good at in his kind of reign of being probably the best defender in the world at the time. I've also gone with... I have written down here Kim Min Jay and share with Kim Min Jay at Bayern Munich because he's a great player. But I'm gonna go with, um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna cop out and go with Ruben Diaz as well because I think Diaz, I think he has his moments and games where he kind of go mm, a bit shaky. But I think overall, like Man City are only so good because of Ruben Diaz at the back. I think when he came in from Benfica, he revolutionised the team. Um, and I think since then, look, they've gone on to win the treble. They've won the Premier League on the occasions. Yeah. Your left back girl. Uh I've sort of cheated the system here of going to Eduardo Camavinga. <laughs> uh just because I, I really like the player mm. and I want to get him in. I think he's industrious, he's uh versatile, he can play anywhere really. Mm, he's and so he's young as well. Seeing that last year in the Champions League that he played left back and that's why I put him in left back, but he's really a centre mid. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's call a spade a spade. Mm. Um but I think he's one of the best midfielders in Europe. Yeah, I've gone Alfonso Davies because I think when he's fully fit, I think he's the best left-back in the world. And he's had problems with injuries the past while, and I think this Bayern side now is transitioning to a real good side um, with the likes of Harry Kane, with Kim and Jay coming in from Napoli and stuff. I think we're about to see the best of Alfonso Davis in the years to come. Yeah. Um, you're a two midfield, Carl? Uh Rodri and Bellingham. Yeah. The best for me. Yeah. Rodri is just incredible. Mm. And Bellingham, beside him, would... Walk into any midfield probably. Mm. I've gone with Rodri and uh, Kevin De Bruyne. I think Kevin De Bruyne is the best midfielder of probably our generation. And I think probably the best midfielder ever playing in Premier League. So I don't think we can keep him out of sight. I know you've gone with Bellingham, which is not a bad show either. And I think Rodri is the best defence midfielder in the Premier League. Best defensive midfielder in the world, you could say. Um, so they're my midfield too. Kieran, you're, I suppose, have you gone with... Uh, Three in front and one behind, or what have you gone with? Yeah, three in front, one behind. I've gone Messi in behind. Okay, um, in a free roll. In a free roll, yeah. Mm. Left wing, I've gone Vinny Jr. Mm. I think on his day, impossible to play against. Mm-hmm. Um, best left winger in Europe, arguably. And then I've gone Kylian Mbappe mm. on the right. Yeah. Um, and I've gone Erling Haaland as the striker. Mm. I've gone with Harry Kane in almost like the 10 position. And I've gone Messi, Mbappe and Haaland up front. Right. I think that I think Harry Kane making the move to Bayern Munich are finally gonna see his full potential playing with a really star studded side. Um I think he's probably gonna he's definitely gonna win the league, you'd imagine. And then for him, I would say he might win the Champions League. I you like you can't we can't sit here and say that just yet. We probably will have a Champions League preview at some not, point. He's not winning that team, man. Uh, Spurs are going to win the trophy this year Harry Kane will end up with no trophies Disagree um, Messi on the right I think purely Look he's the world champion He's gone to the MLS He's won a trophy there For Inter Miami An Inter Miami side Who were the worst side In the MLS And he's won I think nine straight games from With them It just says it all about the man And then Mbappe on the left And Haaland on the front I think they're Probably This generation's Ronaldo and Messi I think they're going to be The two top players for the foreseeable, and I don't think you can have this team without them. If you had to pick a manager here on to go with that, who are you picking? Pep. Pep. Pep Warren, I think. I'm going Roberto Deserbi. Fuck you. 
Um, and that's Get It Out. Um, and for anyone who's listened to the podcast, still, thanks for staying with us. Jesus Christ, it's been a long one. Um, we probably all fall asleep, Adam, in this podcast. I d- don't be so derogatory, Karen, will you? But I know Chelsea lost, but don't be so down on things. Um, thanks as ever for joining us. Tell your ma you love her, give her a hug. Tell your dad you love him as well. And uh, yeah, we'll leave it there, so. We'll leave it there, so.